I'm Bobby, a caregiving consultant and educator, caregiver support group leader, and author of two books on caregiving. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. Welcome to Dementia Spotlight, tips, truths, and straight talk about Alzheimer's and the many other forms of dementia. Interesting and informative guests will join us on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. And on the opposite Wednesdays, we will provide straight talk about what people need to know before and after caregiving begins, including controversial issues that others will tend to avoid. Via Dementia Spotlight, we continue our legacy of support for you as you are doing the toughest job you will ever do. Speaking of controversial subjects, today's episode of Tips, Truths, and Stray Talk is a question from a family caregiver. The caregiver asked, should there be designated safe havens where family caregivers can place a person with dementia when the caregiver no longer can care for him or her? Tough question. Well, yeah, but a very interesting one and a very important one, I think. We think of caregivers and family caregivers of having lots of help and lots of options, and that's usually not true at all. As we know, it typically falls on one person or one family to do the caregiving. And sometimes they just can't do it anymore for a number of reasons. You know, that could be their own health. Sometimes the caregiver gets sick on their own and can't continue anymore. Or the person with the dementia becomes aggressive and violent. It could be a financial issue. If you're a working caregiver, and, and you've lost your job because of the hours you spent caregiving, then that impacts all of your finances and could lead to losing your home. Yes. I, I mean, you know, calling off work and because you're, you have things to do at home, being the caregiver puts the whole, should I say, work team at a disadvantage. And of course, the boss at a disadvantage. And eventually... They just can't do it anymore. They can't accommodate you anymore. And you either have to make the decision to work or care give. And if you can't afford to care give, if you can't afford to not work and just care give, that's kind of the impetus of the question, I guess, right? Yes. That, and we've also, we talked to people in the past who came very close to losing their home or have actually had their home. Um, repossessed. Yeah. Yes, foreclosed on, for lack of a better word. So that brings us to the question, should there be a safe harbor? And, and I think it's, it's something that we really are going to need to continue as things progress. Well, there's been a recent report that's saying the incidence of dementias are slowing slightly. They're still so growing so fast, even though it's slowing. And it's become more and more important for family caregivers to step up. And when they can't, what are they going to do? So what do we do as far as this safe haven goes? What would it look like? And in my mind, it looks like the residential homes for people with intellectual disabilities, where if you reach the point where you just cannot take care of this person anymore and there's no more resources left in your family, you should maybe be able to apply to have them cared for in a home similar to that. Now, how would that differ than 
say an assisted living or well not assisted living but say a member care facility or a nursing home in in this case it would be government funded at no cost to the caregiver's family because they're desperate at this point if this is what's going to happen and i know that that's something that would take probably years to even consider to put forth how it would work but when we talk about a safe haven to drop them off, and it maybe even could be a sliding financial scale, I don't know. You would have to, you know, have people to care for them in these places. If I had the answer on how it worked perfectly, <laughs> I would be happy to share it. But I think it's something that we're going to have to consider as things go forward. Right. Doing that, it would be the caregivers and caregiver advocates, to use a typically negative connotative term, lobby, right? Uh, the local, the county, the state, and the federal politicians to look at doing something like this. We have to strengthen numbers, basically. And the more we bring it up and the more people that bring it up, right? the squeaky wheel gets the gets the oil. Right. So the recommendation would be for caregivers, whether you're in the situation or not, where you need to have this available at some point in time in the future, you might. So start lobbying, start talking to your politicians now to get that local, state, county, federal funding or assistance to do something like this. Absolutely. And we, we're aware that there are situations and there are places now that are designated as safe drop-off, safe for someone to safely drop off an infant that they can right. no longer care for. So maybe there would be places like firehouses and hospitals who would be designated so that person could be evaluated. They might need some kind of emergency care. They may need some mental health medications. There are a number of things that would have to be assessed before this person went into a residential setting before, because you wanted to take care of the safety of the workers and the other people in it. Right. It's not an easy answer, but it's definitely one that you know has me thinking and, and wondering how to go about doing this, because I really do think it's going to become more and more important in the future. Right. And while you were saying that, something that popped into my head, we talked about the politicians, but also the Medicare and the Medicaid. You need to talk to those activities to start moving down the path of getting something like that approved. You know, and I think something else that needs to be considered when we're talking about something like this is the number of care workers that would be needed to. Oh, yeah. To, to care for people in these places. So what we also need to start thinking about as a, as a country, and as you said, as a community, is educating young people that this is a valuable job and something that they can aspire to, just like they train to be nurses and doctors. Perhaps they can get schooling to teach them how to care for people with a dementia in, in a situation like this. The only problem or I should say the real hurdle is when you're talking about government and government funding, where do they usually go to? The lowest bidder. Yes, yes. But 
if we have people that are educated in this type of care, they probably won't ever be the highest paid people, just like just like nurses and teachers aren't now. I mean, you know, that's a whole other issue Correct. for a whole different podcast. But we want to make sure if we're going to be putting people at risk into a situation like this, that they're being cared for with people who are not just somebody off the street who needs he, he needs an income, but somebody that understands what they're going to be dealing with and how to react to it. Exactly. Boy, this question was one that I found absolutely fascinating. And I hope that our listeners have inspired to start thinking about this and would love to hear their reactions, have them send their comments to us. If you would like us to answer your question on the air, email us at info at bobbycarducci.com. That's info at bobbycarducci.com. This has been Dementia Spotlight, tips, truths, and straight talk about Alzheimer's and the many other forms of dementia. You can find more information about us on our show website at dementiaspotlight.show. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. Bobby and I would love to hear from you, answer any questions you might have, or just find out how you're doing. Follow us on Twitter at Bobby Carducci2 and at Michael Carducci4. To schedule us for your event, go to bobbycarducci.com website or email info at bobbycarducci.com. Remember to enter your name to receive a free copy of Tony Copeland Parker's book. Send an email to info at bobbycarducci.com. The lucky winner will be announced on May 31st. Dementia Spotlight is produced by Carducci Caregiving Consulting, LLC.